0: Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire Uh, for you. Uh, So as you listen to the word, just receive it, let it get down in your heart, bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Man, Praise the Lord. Well, again, happy Mother's Day. Um, What a beautiful day that it is. I am uh, um, so thankful uh, for moms uh, and uh, so thankful for uh, women and uh, thankful for uh, still, a day in our country uh, that we set aside to uh, honor uh, moms and to and to honor women. I think I think moms need to be applauded, and moms uh, need to be yes, amen, and uh, and and need to be uh, honored. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what will happen in our country uh, or our culture. But as the people of God, uh, we should always do this. We should always honor. Uh, moms uh, and uh, and uh, and applaud them and, and praise them and have a day set aside to uh, to to bless them and and to thank them. Uh, so this morning, uh, let me do this. Uh, let me honor my mom, even though she's not here. Um, I don't know why mom and dad had to go pastor some church. You know, I don't know what the deal is with that. But anyway, anyway, what a what a wonderful mother uh, that I have. Um, and what a blessing, and I'm so incredibly grateful and thankful for her. Uh, she She basically made it her mission and passion and goal uh, in life, set aside everything else, to train up her three children in, in the way that we should go and uh, i think she was successful uh, all three of us are uh, are passionately uh, serving the lord uh, so i think that that honors her maybe more than anything else but i'm thankful for my wonderful uh, mother uh, a beautiful woman of god uh, who uh, who still today is passionately uh, serving the lord and uh, and and still has this passion within her uh, for the next generation and to raise up children and and not only her grandchildren uh, but children uh, to raise them up in the way that they should go, um, and and not only am I blessed with such a, a wonderful mother, but I've been also blessed with such an a incredible mother-in-law, uh, who, as Joy said, is not here this morning. So strange. Um, I don't know what in the world's wrong with a church that schedules a baptism on Mother's Day. But anyway, it seems like something I would do, but <clears throat> but I'm thankful for it. Um, but. uh but, but what a blessing uh, my mother-in-law has been uh, in, in my life and, and to our, and also what a wonderful grandmother to our uh, children. Um, also, the thing I love about, one of the things I love about my mother-in-law is she as well has just completely dedicated herself to the raising up and training up of her children in, in, the, way that she sh- in the way that they should go and has not stopped. Uh, she is doing this with her grandchildren uh, and also has a passion for children uh, as well. What a wonderful, beautiful woman of God uh, who uh, who trusts in the Lord with all of her heart. and I'm grateful and thankful uh, for her. and then uh, and then my uh, beautiful wife uh, who is sitting uh, right here, Happy Mother's Day. Uh, so grateful and thankful uh, for you, yes. Uh, amen. Um, what an amazing mom. Uh, an amazing uh, woman of God, who also has uh, dedicated herself to not only training up our children in the way that they should go, but uh, but uh, but children everywhere. Uh, had this passion passion for children when I first met her, uh, and and still maybe even more now than ever uh, stirs within her this passion to to proclaim the gospel of Jesus' name to uh, the next uh, generation. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, powerful. Uh, woman of God has changed my life. So very grateful for you. Uh, thank you uh, for uh, being my wife and and an awesome wife and an awesome mom and and a godly one. Um, and and also then to to all the moms in the room because I think we have some awesome ones uh, in here. Uh, very very grateful uh, for all of you uh, and thankful uh, for your uh, passion and love for the Lord and your investment uh, in the next generation. Uh, and uh, and you should be honored and applauded uh, as well. So thanks thanks to all, all the moms uh, in here. Um, and since it is Mother's Day, I would I would like to have a a mom uh, focused message, uh, maybe even more than that, a a woman focused uh, message uh, this morning. But uh, for the men, don't check out on us. Because anytime we dive into the Word of God, the Holy Spirit has the ability to speak to us from Scripture what uh, we need. And one of the things maybe that men need more than anything else is a little bit of understanding about women. It's a difficult thing for us, but, uh, but we can receive it, especially uh, from the one uh, who has uh, created uh, women and knows who uh, they are um, so. I want to. Uh, I want to have a mom-focused, uh, women-focused uh, message uh, because there, there are there are things that that uh, that trouble me and and maybe even upset me uh, that are that are being proclaimed and taught and promoted uh, and and driven ultimately by the deception uh, of our enemy. Um, that uh, that need to be faced and and, and challenged. Uh, so let's so let's do it and let's face them and and challenge them. We as the church are 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 to shine the light of Christ. You know, uh, as believers, as as Christians, uh, uh, one of the when we come to Jesus and we re- and we receive His salvation and set Him as as Lord in our hearts. One of the things that takes place is that we are changed and transformed. Jesus says that we're born again. Second uh, Corinthians 5, you know it, that we are a new creation, that the old has gone. Behold, all things have become uh, new. And, and, and one of the changes that takes place, also Second Corinthians 5, you should memorize Second Corinthians 5, at least the, the back end of it, um, is, that, is that we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for us, gave himself uh, for us. So, so being a Christian is not, you know, please hear me. Being a Christian is not uh, at, at some point in time in your childhood that you prayed a prayer. And, 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 you know, check that box so that you hope that you will go to heaven someday. And maybe you even followed it up with baptism just to make sure That someday the pearly gates would open up for you. That's not what being a Christian is. Being a Christian is is responding to the invitation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to follow after Him. It's responding to the invitation to be a disciple. He's calling and saying, hey, come and leave your old life and walk with me. Follow after me. And as Christians, that is what we do, that is who we are. We are we are more than than just the people who believe in Jesus and then live our own way and live for our own selves. Even James says even the demons believe and shudder at his name. But but we we believe. And so believe that we respond when he calls to follow after him. And we get up out of our lives like Matthew out of the tax collector booth. And we leave it behind and we follow after Jesus. And, and something happens in the process. What happens as we, as we follow after him is that we, we grow to know him more and more. And we are changed by our relationship with Him more and more to where we start to walk like He walks and talk like He talks and think like He thinks and believe what He believes and desire what He desires. And, and one of the desires that starts to arise within the believer the disciple, the follower of Christ, is that we desire for ourselves and for others what Jesus desired for others, and that is life, and that more abundantly. One of the powerful things, uh, the many powerful things that Jesus said is found in John 10.10. 10. You, you know it very well, but write it down if you don't, and read it. Read it. Uh, but but you know, I'll just give you a refresher. That Jesus said that the, the enemy or the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. He, he speaks out his desire for us and says, I want you to live. I want you to have life. I want it to be beautiful and rich and wonderful. I want it to be abundant. He says, I don't want for you robbery and death and destruction I want life and that more abundantly. And, and, and as a believer, and also a husband, and, and a father, and a brother, and an uncle, and a pastor, and a friend, I have a desire within me for, for, for everyone to find life and that more abundantly. But there is a, there's, there's a desire within me for women to have life and that more abundantly. And, 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 I'll, and I'll tell you what frustrates me and upsets me is that, is that our culture is selling women a bill of goods that's not right or true, that's not bringing abundant life to them, but, but, but robbery and death and destruction. And so you wonder why I'm stirred up? Because I've got a wife who's a woman, and I love her, and I want for her abundant life. And I have daughters who are going to be women, and I want for them... The abundant life that is only found in Christ. I'm, I am, I'm pro my wife. I am pro my daughters. I, I have a, a beautiful sister who's a, who's a woman and I want for her life and that more abundantly. And I have beautiful nieces that are, that are young women Becoming women and I want for them not robbery and death and destruction. But life and that more abundantly. And I have beautiful uh, sisters in Christ of all ages. And I want for you life and that more abundantly. I don't want for you death, robbery and destruction. That's what the enemy brings. And his method is lies and deceptions confusion, falsehood, and it's all around, everywhere, and I'm against it, because I don't want death, I want life, and that's not coming from me, but coming from a heart that's been changed by the, by the, by the uh, gospel of Jesus' name. And I think that resonates with moms, right? Because moms, maybe more than anyone else, whether they're in Christ or out, identify with that because they want that for their children. They want life. They don't want robbery and death and destruction. They want life and that more abundantly. We want that for our, for our children. And, uh, and those who are pro-women want that for women. Want it for women everywhere of all ages and shapes and sizes. So, to uh, to um, learn about kind of the order of things and how things should fit together and, and look and, and where women fit in, uh, it's, it's good to go back to Genesis. So I want to go back into Genesis this morning, and this is this is where we need to go. We need to go to the Bible. Right? Women, women need to go to the Bible. Men need to go to the Bible. Children need to go to the Bible. We we need to go back into the Word of God. And in in Genesis. Uh, we learn truth that, um, that needs to be told, that is not being told or believed, but, uh, but it's truth that is in, endorsed by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It, it, it's hard to like, you know, you know, when you come to Genesis, it's hard to pick and choose where, what we should bring out, but, but maybe a good place to start is just Genesis 1-1. And so, what we'll do this morning is—we're is just going to read Genesis one, Genesis two, Genesis three, and Genesis four, and maybe five. We we'll just allow the word of the Lord to uh, speak to us. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do this. Everybody looking at me like, "Oh my gosh, man! It's Mother's Day. We got to." Okay, so so Genesis one, God God creates the heavens and the earth. And I encourage you to read through Genesis 1 slow, patiently, and just take it in and see the goodness of God. God creates and He, and he is a God of wisdom and a God of order not a God of chaos and he is a God of love and a God of goodness and as he creates it's almost like as God creates he he steps back and he looks and he's like yeah yeah man that's good that's good right there you wonder if he even like looked around You're like what you think what you think Michael Gabriel you know it is come on go ahead and say it is it's just good look at that because God is good and everything that god creates and brings together and forms and fashions comes together and it works and it works for his good and for his glory and for the good of creation there there's nothing wrong or broken or twisted or bad that takes place right here. Like one of the, one of the things that people always say, you know, when, when, they're, when they're struggling with faith in God is, is, why is there so much bad in the world? Why is there so much hurt? They, they look around and they see so much not good and they say, why is there so much not, if God's good, why is there so much not good? Well, it wasn't that way from the beginning. God created and he spoke and he brought it all together and he said, It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Look at the wisdom of God. Right? He 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 makes the air, the the sky. And then he takes fish and puts them in the sky. No, he takes birds and puts them in the sky. And then he why because it works, doesn't it? And it's good. And then he makes the sea. And what does he do with the sea? He puts he puts Animals in the sea and they can't breathe, right? Because No, God puts fish in the sea who are just formed, fashioned, designed to fill it and thrive in the sea. And then there's the ground and he puts seed in the ground because seed in the ground then will grow and flourish. Oh, the wisdom of God. And he puts lights in the sky so that, we, so that we will be able to record and understand time and, and seasons and, and dates. Oh, the wisdom of God. And then God, after he does all of this, then God goes to work on his masterpiece. This is where we'll pick it up in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. i got to hurry up. God's, God's creating, creating, creating. And, and, and then in Genesis chapter 26, it says, then God said. It, it's like there's this creation, and then there's a shift. There's, there's a little bit of a change because God is creating the earth and, and the sky and the sea and the, and the birds and the fish, and I'm about to sing that song and, and form all of that. And then... Then is spoken, and I don't know, I, don't, I looked kind of quick, I don't see then anywhere else in Genesis chapter 1, it's, it's right here, then God says, now he's about to create his masterpiece. Then God said, let us, and, and you know, kind of first mention of the Trinity right there, it's like the Trinity has a conversation, then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness it's a powerful powerful statement isn't it let us make mankind in our image in our likeness let us let us make mankind so so that so right off the bat mankind is is singled out and very unique and very special and and is god's creation so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds in the sky. Isn't God amazing, right? He puts fish in the sea and birds in the sky. He's a God of order. He's a God who knows. He's a God who knows how things need to be brought together and how things need to work. He's got it figured out. We should trust him with it. Let him rule over the livestock and all the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God did it. So God created mankind in His own image. Let that sink in right there. In His own image, God created us. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. It is God who has made us. It is God who has created us. It is God who has made us male and female, God who has created us. And he has done it in in his own image. So then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. So we see God's blessing here and, and purpose to be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So there is this blessing of the Lord uh, poured out upon uh, upon His creation of mankind and, and and authority given to them and purpose that is given uh, to uh, mankind. So then you you see the creation and the blessing uh, of mankind. And, and so then we, in chapter two, uh, there is a little bit more detail brought into this and we see the we see in chapter 2 the creation of the family again created by our wise god whose wisdom is beyond our compreh- comprehension brought together the way that it should be brought uh, together it, it's it like almost blows my mind that like i read this and talk about this and feel tension like that this is this is no longer popular or believed or embraced and and that i even would would feel tension from it is 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 amazing the 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 shift that has taken place in our america in in our culture and and in our thinking and uh and this is why we need to talk about it. Genesis chapter 2, um, God, God then gets specific on the creation of, of Adam. And it says that he made man and he formed him out of the dust of the ground and then he breathed into him the breath of life. And, and man, Adam, became a living being, said of him, uh, that is not said of anything else created, that he's created this way. And then God uh, made a garden, right? The Garden of Eden, and he and he took man and he placed him in this beautiful garden. There's this description of it there uh, in Genesis uh, chapter two. Um, take a coffee break, and uh, and let's pick it up in verse. Verse 15, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Important passages of Scripture. The Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But uh, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. Uh, so, uh, so we see how, how good everything is that God has uh, created. If you read all this, it's just it's just good uh, and and it's working. And then God puts Adam into this beautiful garden and, and calls him to work the garden, and he's allowed to eat of every tree in the garden uh, except for the except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But he is allowed to eat from the tree of life, right? And so so death has not entered uh, the picture. But he does say, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will certainly die. And then God says, this is surprising, isn't it? Then God said, it is not good. So God's been saying good, and we've been seeing the goodness of God. And now all of a sudden God says, it's not good. And what does he say it's not good about? He says, it's not good for man to be alone. He says, there's something missing. There's something that's not right. Right? There, there's something that's not working, that's incomplete here. It, it is not good for man to be alone. So I've got man, and he's created, and he's good, and he's in the garden, and he's good. And there's, and there's all kinds of, of, of food available, and all kinds of animals available. But there's something missing that's not right. It's not good for man to be alone. So you, you kind of know the story here, right? What God's going to do to solve this problem is he's going to create a woman, and bring the woman into the picture and then it's right then it works then it's correct then it's good it's not good for man to be alone i will make a helper a helper suitable for him now The Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. You remember that there's been given authority uh, to man, and that man is created in the image of God. We see a little bit of that right here as whatever Adam uh, calls each animal, that then becomes its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals, but for Adam, no suitable suitable helper was found. So even though there's all kinds of, of life, there's something not right because there's not woman. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made. Who did the Lord God? The Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. In his own image, he has created them, male and female. He created them, man and woman. And God took this. God took take took the woman, or or brought the woman. Let me get the word out to Adam and he brought her to the man and then the man said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man and that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and the two become one flesh this is why a man leaves his father, leaves his mother. Remember, Jesus also uh, quoted this. Uh, if, you, if you don't believe in Genesis, then you believe in Jesus and not Genesis. You've got to reconcile that somehow because Jesus did. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and the two become one flesh, no longer two, but one. Therefore, And then Jesus added, therefore, what God has brought together and made one, let not man separate, put asunder. The two became one flesh. And, and so here we see uh, the beginning of uh, family. What is needed for Adam, what is needed for, for Eve, who, who will become Eve, we know this what is needed for adam uh, is woman and what is needed uh, for eve is is man and the and the coming together of the family uh, here uh, in this picture uh, and 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 we see that now it, it's here and now after the creation of woman that things are finished that creation is complete so so it's it's almost like Women are the glue. It's like things weren't right and they weren't going to work without woman. And it was the creation of, of Eve that then completed it. This is how valuable and beautiful and important women are. That the creation needs women. That men need women that the the purposes of God and the glory of God need women and and we men and the creation and the purpose of God we need women to be women you see God God didn't create Eve to be Adam because Adam was already Adam God God created Eve to be a woman because that's what the creation needed. That's what His purpose needed. That's what Adam needed. Or, or maybe, maybe if we just change needed to good. God, God created Eve, a woman, to be a woman because it was good for His glory and good for His purpose and good for the creation and good for the man, and here's the thing that you need to hear, it was also good for Eve. He created her to be a woman, and it's good for her to be a woman. You see, one of the things going on is that that there's this like twisted honoring of women that's taking place. To where women are applauded and honored for everything but being a woman. Like being a woman is something not good when being a woman is beautiful and good and worth honoring and should be honored. It is a glorious and wonderful thing to have been created a woman and called of God to be a woman. God didn't make women to be men or anything else. He made them to be women. And that is good for a woman when she realizes that she's created to be a woman and that it is a good, worthy, honorable, wonderful thing to be a woman. So then there's this interesting thing that is said right here at the end of Genesis Chapter 2. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Isn't that beautiful? There's no shame. They are together. No shame. They're with God. No shame. Adam Adam is an unashamed man and Eve is an unashamed woman. She is unashamedly a woman and I think this is what we need we need women to feel no shame we need women to be unashamedly women and to and to to be the women that God has called them to be and to feel no shame in it at all now there is no shame until you get to Genesis chapter 3. And then in Genesis chapter 3, there is the well-known story of the enemy showing up as a serpent and deceiving Eve to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then Adam is also led astray to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and evil, and all the creation is kind of thrown into, into a twist, into a chaos, and, and this is where the bad comes in, and this is where the brokenness comes in, but I want you to know, I want you to know God created it good from the beginning, and it's going to be good again. He's going he's gonna to shift all this and change all this and, and bring all this back together. And, and there's not going to be any more sin or, or hurting or tears or loss or death. It's going to come back to being good again. And, and it can be good again even before Jesus returns and sets up rule and reigns. For those of us who will come to Christ and put our faith and trust in Him and find our life and freedom and identity in Him and who He is. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. So when you come into Genesis chapter 3, there is the, there is the, you know, the fall, and then God comes and he moves through the garden in the cool of the day and and they hear God moving through the garden in the cool of the day because they've probably moved with God through the garden in the cool of the day before they know the sound of the Lord and hearing the sound of the Lord they all of a sudden feel shame and they're ashamed because they realize they're naked and so they go and they hide and they try to they try to cover them own, their own selves with with fig leaves, and, and the Lord comes and He, and he speaks to, uh, to the man, to Adam and, and to Eve, and He asks, Where are you? Right? Because a lot of times, God, it's not that God doesn't know, God knows where they are. But God does things. In, in a way for us sometimes, so that we can understand, uh, so that, so that God, he kind of brings himself down to our level sometimes, so that we can see, so that, so that we can understand, so that, uh, so that we can uh, recognize what's taking place and what's going on. Like if we were to back up, uh, back into Genesis chapter 2, when, when God made Adam and put him in the garden, and God looked and said, you know, wait a minute, it's not good for him to be alone. It's not like God was surprised by that. It's not like God didn't know that it wasn't going to, it's not like God's like just kind of piecing this together as he goes, right? He didn't, he didn't put Adam there and be like, you know, something's missing. What should we do? What should we do? Okay, guys, gather around brainstorming. What should we do? How are we going to solve this problem? Oh, you know what we need? We need to make a woman. Yeah, that's what we need to do. That, that's not, that's not, God knew what he was doing, but God says it in that way and does it that way for our benefit. So that we can see and we can learn that, hey, wait a minute, there wasn't woman. And it wasn't right. And God fixed it by bringing a woman into the picture. And that made it right. That made it complete. Wow, women are important. And we need women to be women. And when women are women, then things work. And we should then honor them and applaud them for being women. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm not getting a lot of amens, but a few. But that would encourage me. So, so God says, where, where are you? And they said, oh, "You know, we're hiding because we were naked. And God says, well, who told you this? How, how do you know? He says, you guys eating from the tree? Not that he didn't know. He knows, right? He's communicating on our level because he's God who created them, thought it all up, brought it all together, communicating. And, 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 and so, then, so then Adam says, well, you know, God, it really wasn't me. It was the woman. And by the way, you gave her to me. So it's kind of you too. And, and, and then Eve said, "Well, wait a minute. You know, it wasn't exactly me either, right? It was the snake, who by the way, I think you made as well. You know, so ultimately your fault, God." And 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 really, you know, it's really not God's fault, but you know who's going to fix it? God. And and so so then God speaks. And this is kind of important, I think, that God speaks to the snake and he curses him. Curses the serpent, curses the snake. He's got to eat dust all the days of his life. And then, and then God speaks to woman in between, but he speaks, to, he speaks to Adam at the end. And when he speaks to Adam, he doesn't curse Adam, but he curses the ground. And says, because, because, of you, because you listen to your wife and not me, which by the way, men, this is women message, but listening to our wives doesn't give us an out for not listening to God. We've got to listen to God first. Um, So then God curses the ground, doesn't curse Adam, but he does curse the ground and says, says, now you're going to get it to produce, but it's going to be hard work. But when God speaks to Eve, when God speaks to woman, there's no curse. Not a curse. There's no curse. It's not spoken there. Did you know that? It's just like this special, unique. Now it's not that he doesn't chastise. And he does say, he does say that you're, your pain in childbirth is going to be increased but childbirthing is not cursed it's just an, it's just going to be a little bit more difficult there's not a curse on woman and there's not a curse on on the purpose of bringing forth children it's not there it's just it's going to be a little bit increased and there's going to be a little tension between you and your man that's that's the instruction and then there is spoken to Adam and then God says in Genesis 3 verse 20 Genesis 3:20 let's read that on the Adam named his wife Eve this is his wife God brought them together what a marriage that probably was I wonder who was invited Anyway I'm God named his wife Eve a man and a woman married because she would become the mother of all living. And her name is Eve and and she's a woman and she's a wife and a mother. See that right here in Genesis. And then the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. I kind of love that right there. Because, you know, before they were trying to hide their nakedness with, with their own works and effort and fig leaves. So, so God shed blood and he made garments and he covered Adam and his wife and he clothed them and covered their nakedness. God did it. And it, I think I think as we'll see in a little bit, it's a powerful moment for Eve. And the Lord God said... The man has now become like us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Although someday we will be allowed to eat of the tree of life and will live forever. So the Lord God banished from the garden, banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground for which he had, from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So we'll pause there for a second, and then we'll, in a minute, just a few verses in Genesis chapter four. I think that we've seen some some real valuable things on how important women are, and and the call of God on women's life, and and the purpose of. Of a of a of a woman, uh, so that we can uh, so that now we can go through this little list I put together, and and, and you've got some scripture to uh, to back up you know, these things. I, I just want to share with you um, just just a list of of a few things that women should unashamedly be. Because remember, in Christ. Men and women are back to the no shame. And women should be unashamed to be women of God. Unashamedly women of God. We should not back up from it. You should not hide from it. You should not be ashamed of it. You should proudly stand and proclaim that you are women of God. I'm a woman of God and I'm not ashamed of it. Not ashamed to have placed my hope and trust in the gospel of Jesus' name. Women of God are are back to where they need to to be to become the women that God has called them to be. Unashamedly, women of God, women should be Unashamedly trusting in God. Women, women of God unashamed to trust in God, to, to trust in his purpose, his purpose of, of being a woman, of being a wife, of being a mother. That is, that is something that is a wonderful and beautiful thing that should be honored and applauded that is part of God's call on women. It's not a bad thing to be a wife. It's an honorable thing that God created women to do. It is not a bad thing to be a mother. It is a beautiful and wonderful and honorable thing that God created women to do. Created to to be wives, created to be mothers. Now are all women, there there are exceptions, not all men are called to be husbands and fathers. There are those that are set apart to serve the Lord. That's clear you know, from Scripture, but, but for most there's a call of God on a woman's life to be a mother and to be a wife, and it is an honorable and wonderful thing to do. Not not necessarily popular or culturally popular, but, but biblically it is. And it needs to be said because women find abundant life in the purpose that God has created them for. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. We need to, as, as women... Women need to wholeheartedly trust in the Lord. They need to trust in His purpose for their lives. Women uh, unashamedly need to trust in God's definition. You don't, you don't need Hollywood's definition. You don't need some, some other uh, definition. We, women of God unashamedly trust in who God says women are. And it's there that, that women will find life and that more abundantly. Right? I, I want for my daughters abundant life. And so I want them to look to God to define them, not anywhere else. Because it is God who formed and fashioned and created them. We are His creation. We are God's creation. Here we are we are his workmanship men and women created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do I know this is not I know this is not popular I know nobody accepts this or talks about this I know I know this isn't cool well, this isn't like the, the the popular cool thing to do or to say, but I don't want for my girls death and destruction. I want life and that more abundantly. That's, that's not cool either. For, for, for all that my girls are called to be, and I don't want it for you either, all that they are called to be and do and the abundant life that God has for them, I don't want it to be robbed from them in the name of being cool or popular. I must, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus' name and a preacher of the word of God, proclaim the truth of Scripture. We need to see women set free to be women. And that is a wonderful and beautiful thing to trust God's definition to trust God's purpose and you know what women you can trust God's provision cast all your cares on him for he cares for you women don't have to be you don't have to be fearful you don't have to be worried put your hope in Jesus Cast your cares on Him. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Yes, yes, God will bring men and a husband into your life who can who can help care for and provide and provide. But God is the but God. I love how how He cares for the widow. He, he becomes the husband to the to the widow and the father to the fatherless and specifically takes on that role of providing for the needs of the woman who doesn't have the husband or father in her life we need to women of god be be unashamed to wholeheartedly trust in the lord in his in his in his defining in his purpose in his provision uh I've mentioned some of these, so just let me tack them on here. Be unashamed to be a wife. Don't, don't be ashamed of that. Be unashamed of it. Unashamedly, be be the wife that God has called you to be or, or in the future to be. To now be or in the future to be. Don't, don't be ashamed of that. There's, there's nothing wrong with being a wonderful wife. With being a, a woman of God uh, who uh, who wants to uh, to love and honor and serve uh, her husband and serve with uh, her husband, and and obviously uh, men of God, you know, we just maybe need to say this here: we need to be men who wholeheartedly love our wives and are willing to lay them down, lay our lives down for them, as Christ laid Himself down for the church be a be unashamedly a mother what a what a wonderful call of god that he has given to women to to birth and raise the next generation there is a there is an anointing upon you to do this and you know, in Malachi chapter 2, we don't have to turn there and read it, we, we see God's purpose for family is to raise godly offspring. And it doesn't work without mothers. So don't be ashamed. Be a mother. Go at it with all of your heart. Train up your children in the way that they should go. Someday they'll arise and call you blessed. Um, be as women of God. Be, be unashamedly. Forgiven. Be, I, I want to say this be unashamed that you're not ashamed. Be unashamedly forgiven. Women, women carry such baggage. In Christ Jesus, you are you are free. You are forgiven. You are complete and whole. Lift your head up high. Be unashamed. Be unashamedly. Unashamed. Romans 8.1, you know it. For there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Be, Be forgiven and don't be ashamed of it. You know, one of the I struggled with saying this this morning, but anyway, here we go. I've said everything else, because because this hurts. One of the worst things I saw last year is is a video of I think it was Argentina, South America, where there was where there was a crowd of thousands of women, and they were waiting on a verdict of a law that was going to be passed about abortion, on whether they could now have abortion or not. And, and these thousands of women, when, when, when it was announced that now they could have abortions in Argentina, these thousands of women cheered and, and celebrated and embraced and, and wept that they could now kill their children. I sat there and I, I looked at that and I'm like, what? What? women women are called of God and anointed to love their children to desire them and protect them and and raise them up and, and and my heart was breaking over that and then at the same time my heart was breaking over these women that were so deceived and and confused about who they were and their purpose in life and and so and so entrenched in deception and sin and and I, and, I, and I was I was upset about abortion and then upset about what it does to women. How many, how many women are carrying around that shame and that hurt and that sorrow in their lives? And, and I'm telling you, even that is forgiven because of the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if they will come to Him, then they can be unashamed Forgiven and not ashamed, cleansed and healed and free. There needs to come an end to this because it's it's killing children and it's destroying women. God, let it be enough. Let it be over. Let it end in Jesus' name. Be be unashamedly forgiven. We we quoted Romans eight that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. In, in Genesis four. Verse, verse 1, I'm going to read this to you. Um, Genesis 4, verse, verse 1, Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and, and gave birth to Cain. And she said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. You see, the, you see the, the failure of Eve, the sin of Eve has been forgiven. And the relationship with the Lord has been restored she is she is unashamedly forgiven and she is praising god and giving him glory and honor as women be forgiven in christ jesus enter back into relationship with the lord and don't be ashamed of it or 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 who you are in him his his grace is sufficient. And then, and then we see it again uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 4, verse 25, where you know, there's, there's difficulty in the family, and Cain and Abel grow up, and, and you know the story, Cain murders uh, his brother Abel, and there's a terrible thing. What the, the pain that Eve must have felt by that, but then the Lord moves on her behalf, and she sees it. Verse 25, Uh, Adam laid with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. She says, God, God again has moved on my behalf. God is working for my good. I've blown it. I've messed up. I've done some wrong. I am forgiven and not ashamed of it. God God has moved powerfully. On my behalf, and uh, and and then, uh, from this woman of God, who is a wife and a mother, and and unashamedly unforgiven, Seth uh, also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people uh, began to call on the name of the Lord. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting there that from Eve. And from her, and from her son, and her, uh, and her accepting of who God has called her to be, and God's forgiveness comes a time where 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 mankind begins to call on the name of the Lord. Eve was unashamedly forgiven, and in Christ, women be restored, renewed, unashamedly forgiven. Romans eight, uh, verse one. Let me read this to you. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Again, we see in Christ life, in Christ forgiveness. Verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in Jesus so that we are not condemned. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Look at this. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In Christ Jesus, women of God, be unashamedly filled with the Holy Spirit and unashamedly live being led by the Holy Spirit. And if women will come to Jesus and trust Him and be unashamedly wholeheartedly trusting in God and unashamedly women of God then then women will truly be i think maybe what women desire more than anything else they will truly be beautiful beautiful women of God it is a beautiful thing to trust in him it's a beautiful thing to be a wife and a mother It's a beautiful thing to live led and filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to be unashamedly forgiven. Women of God, mothers, wives, daughters, women, beauty is found not in the things of this world. Beauty is found not in makeup or or clothing or jewelry. Beauty is found not in the applause of mankind or in the praise of a man. Beauty is found in Christ. It It is His shed blood for you. It is being clothed in His righteousness. It is receiving His forgiveness and setting Him as Lord in your heart. And trusting Him with all that you are. And finding in Him your identity. Finding in Him your purpose. Finding in Him your peace. Finding in Him your everything. It is in Christ that you will find fulfillment. It is in Christ that you find beauty. It is in Christ that you find security. Give your life to Jesus live wholeheartedly for him be beautiful women of god and if you will you will find life and that more abundantly let's pray together every head bowed and every eye closed let me just ask you this morning if you if you today are feeling some shame whether you're a man or a woman, a father or a mother, a husband or a wife, you're feeling some shame and you want to receive the mercy and grace and forgiveness of God. You want to receive the salvation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you today want to not only receive His salvation, but set Him up as Lord in your heart. I ask you to raise your hand. Amen. I see your hands. I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're raising your hand as you watch online or listen to this podcast. And for all that are here and for all who may be listening, let's just pray together. Just pray your prayer from your heart. You can just repeat after me and Just receive the forgiveness of our Savior and make Him the Lord of your life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe that You are the Son of God, that Your grace is sufficient. Jesus, I ask that You take my shame that you'd give me your forgiveness, that you'd make me unashamed. I receive your salvation. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I want to live for you, trusting in you, leaning on you, bringing you glory and honor. I make you today my forever passion. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord.